Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. Now, farmers have been expressing their uh, concerns uh, over the proposed M20 routes going through their land. This is the Limerick to Cork uh, motorway uh, proposal. Um, They are saying that they weren't contacted about the route plans or submission dates by Transport Infrastructure Ireland. And to chat to us a little bit more about it, uh, we have uh, Limerick-based journalist from the Farmer's Journal, Hannah Quinn Mulligan, Shay Galvin from the Irish Farmers Association, and Finnegal TD Kieran O'Donnell, who held a public virtual meeting on the M20 recently, and uh, he is also chair of the Dáil Transport Committee. And you're all very welcome, um, Hannah. I know you've been writing about this in the Irish uh, Farmers Journal. The concerns that uh, you've heard from farmers. Yeah, I, I guess it's a very local story for me in that two of the routes teal and plum, they sound like fancy paint colours, are going very close to my home and going through some of our neighbours' land. And I guess what struck me originally was that it was hard to talk to people because of COVID-19. So there was a sense of alarm between neighbours when we did find out because no one seemed to have been notified that it was happening. And at that time, the submission date was the 18th of December. Now, that has since been pushed back to, uh, I think, the 15th of January. So people have more time to get their submissions in, and they should. But there are still some concerns. So, you know, Mokrana Firma held a webinar uh, on this last week and realised that the corridors that are laid out are 500 metres wide, which is very wide, um, and also that although over 5,000 letters have gone out to people in the area, in the kind of crew Manister, Kokora area, and down towards Bustment as well, these have all been hand-delivered. And because of GDPR, um, no, the name of the person isn't actually on them, but farmers are saying that they haven't actually got the letters. They found them kind of muddy and damp at the end bottom of their gates, or they haven't actually arrived at all. So there's just been a lot of concern about this. And just say, for example, speaking to one young farmer, you know, that 500 metre corridor is meant to be narrowed down when the proposal does finally ha- happen, the submission happens, which they're hoping to have done by the middle of next year. But they want to build a milking parlour, this young farmer, and their plans are totally up in the air because, of course, one of the routes is going exactly slap bang through where they want to build that milking parlour. So it is a concern for farmers in the area, definitely. Yeah, Michelle Galvin, the state does ultimately have huge power in this area, doesn't it? It, it does. It does. Like the, the CPOs are a very worrying thing. And like while while most of the country is still in a high after some, or the county is still in a high after Sunday's Iron and victory, uh, the people in the proposed M20 it's playing on their minds. And um, while most people agree the M20 is necessary, nobody wants it on their property. And Irish people in general have a, they have a huge attachment to their land and their dwellings and their property. And some properties have been in the same families for hundreds of years, so it's very emotive. Like. And the proposed M20, whichever route it takes, will affect farmers and rural communities along its routes. I mean, some businesses will not be viable if this road goes through their property due to the amount of land taken. For others, it'll mean big changes to their methods of farming. It may involve extra da- daily travel to, to out farms for the rest of their lives and their years' lives. Like, so it could add up to two hours a day onto existing working days to some people. And the construction phase will bring disease risks by disturbing established wildlife, such as badgers. And rural communities will also be divided by this motorway. But, and, and what was once your neighbour who might have been 500 metres over the road might now be five kilometres away 
by car, you know, because of, uh, they won't be able to walk directly to them. And we'll say, it'll, as, as Henna said there, it'll hold up, for young farmers especially, it'll hold up to transferring a farm to the next generation because farmers are very nervous due to the CPO and the associated tax implications and make future planning very difficult uh, regarding leasing land and, and un- the uncertainty around that. And I know it's still at the, the root selection stage and the detailed design stage won't be picked until next year. But like that's when it comes down to underpasses, overpasses, whether you've access here, access there. And, and I was trying to explain to a non-farmer the impact it can have is very difficult, but it's probably, seen as we're in a hurling team there, it, it's a bit like trying to play a game of hurling with a busy footpad right down through the middle of the pitch. Yeah. And yeah. the biggest concern at the moment for most of the farmers that I've spoken to, and even last Thursday now, we spoke to 40 farmers along the route. Only one of them had received communication from TII. And like, the vast majority of property owners are, who are affected are only finding out from neighbours who word them out and, and they've not been notified by TIA. So I, I personally think this is the incorrect approach by TIA. Mm. And affected property owners should have been notified by post or a letter explaining the process, especially though, especially in these restricted times due to COVID. Like, you know, it's, it's fairly frightening to look at a map and see a 500 metre wide strip and not have any explanation as to, okay, that'll be narrowed down eventually or this is only a proposal corridor. Like, they have no information. And, would say like goodwill is earned by many acts, but it can be lost by one. And I tell you, TII are on the back foot already. I mean, if they think they're going to get um, the goodwill of farmers the way they've started out on this project, right. we're chatting to Shay Galvin from the IFA, Hannah Quinn Mulligan from the Farmers Journal, and Finnegal TD Kieran O'Donnell. Um, Kieran, do you accept some of the criticisms you've heard there of uh, TII uh, as valid? Yes, I do. Um, the I suppose uh, a couple of things. Number one, Jordi, the the consultation period was literally for four weeks, just up to the 15th of December. I looked for an extension of time. They've pushed it out to the 15th of January. I think it probably needs more time. Um, I held a virtual public meeting last Thursday night with with well over 200 connections, probably up to 300 people uh, looking in on it. I had the TII or the Limerick City and County Council are, are the lead authority going through all the routes. Not in sufficient um, uh, detail. And I suppose the key feature really is, Joe, from Cork to Buttevant, it's relatively straightforward on the routes. There's two routes, one of them being the old route in 2010 and one, a slight variation of that. But from Charleville onwards, they really have created a maze of routes. And she is correct and Hannah is correct. It's created enormous confusion. Uh, and why do you think they did that, Kieran? I've asked the question, Joe. They they've said that it was based on the looking at the changes, looking at at routes. But but ultimately, Joe, at this moment in time, uh, we haven't seen they haven't the modelling fully completed in terms of the cost of the routes, uh, the travel time in the routes, uh, the imposition we'll see on farmers on the routes, the safety along the route itself. And everyone will know, John, I, I'm a major uh, promoter of the M20, but I want it done in a way, Joe, that, that takes account of the impact it will have on both landowners, farmers, and householders along the route, as well as towns that will be bypassed. We have to get this right. So I think that, that that's... And the other aspect as well, Joe, we didn't make reference to it, but there is a rail element from Charleville uh, to Limerick as well, which they've said is not... It can be done as well as the M20 itself. And 
They put three routes there, Joe, one going via the junction uh, and then onwards to just literally uh, putting a a double track from Limerick Junction to Limerick City. One being an old line that was going in by a brewery, which is now in private ownership. The line isn't there anymore. And the other is a completely new line from just outside Charleville uh, up into Balaniti into Kilonan. And very little explanation as to why. And, And I had the CEO of Irish Rail present at the meeting as well who his preferred option was to go use the existing line from Charleville to Limerick Junction. And then they have the space, Joe, to put, we'll say, an additional, a double line. At the moment, it's a single line. Put a double line from the junction to uh, Limerick City. But does does that mean changing trains? No, it means, in fact, Joe, what's what's not a way of uh, generally in the public domain, as it stands at the moment, Joe, Limerick Junction is set up for people that you can get a train directly from Charleville to, would say, Cork to, to Limerick, without ever having to change at the junction, right? And, and furthermore, Jimmy, the CEO of Irish Rail, stated that they could go, proceed to put the, the second line down from... So there's a second line, obviously, from Charleville to Limerick Junction. But from Limerick Junction to, to Limerick, that they could put the second line down. They don't have to do any CPO, Joe, because he owned the land. And ironically, that second rail line was there many years ago and it was taken up for no apparent reason. So, so are, are so, you saying that currently they could run... A direct train from Limerick to Cork? Yes. Yes, Joe, yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. Now, the, 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 the volume of traffic on that wouldn't be, wouldn't be enormous at the moment. But, Joe, very simply, with no enormous cost, you could put, uh, a, a, we'll say, a double line, a, another line along the existing single line from Limerick Junction to Limerick. And Jim Mead says it would shave 50 minutes plus from Cork to, to Limerick and furthermore, you do not have to change at the junction. So for me, it's about finding the practical solutions. We don't have to reinvent the wheel here. Mm. We have to see what we but, have. But, I mean, isn't it true, Hannah Quinn Mulligan, that one way or the other, if a motorway is put in place, and this always happens, there will be landowners discommoded? Yeah, there, there will definitely be landowners. And even if they would just stick to, say, a very basic plan of perhaps widening the M20, they're going to be landowners discommoded. I guess there are various concerns that because when the plans were laid out 10 years ago, things have changed in Limerick and the countryside around Limerick since then. So, you know, we talked about a rail line there and the rail line is about half a kilometre from me um, just outside Croom and a lot of people would be familiar with the old railway station Mm. there and the old rail line, but some of that land is in it's farmers' land now. And talking to farmers in the area, they're very concerned because they say that they have hen harriers on their land, which are a rare species of bird. So, you know, that they're actually, I think, on the endangered list. So that's something that's going to be, you, you know, you can't get that land back if you disturb it. And also there's, I remember there that Shay mentioned badgers. I mean, that's a massive concern for Limerick, which has the third highest number of dairy cows in in, on, in Ireland. And you're talking about new motorways being built. And we already know that our TB levels are rising. Our TB levels are rising so much that we're losing grant money from the EU that we get for the TB programme. That's how serious the situation is. So any kind of new motorway that's going to impact wildlife is going to be huge. And any kind of motorway that goes through new areas of natural constraint. So Limerick was one of the big winners when the ANC rules got changed as well. So, you know, we're always harking on about kind of green values. And yet, 
At the same time, there's proposal here that will potentially disrupt a lot of that good work that's been done. And yeah. Shay mentioned goodwill. You know, that that's all that was being asked here. Um, I mean, the other thing, goodwill. Shay, Galvin, is, you know, compulsory purchase orders and the sort of money that a farmer would get. Uh, well, it's, 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 we'll say with the compulsory purchase order, uh, a person is not supposed to be in a worse position than they were before the road went through. But unfortunately, farmers will be because they won't be able to replace the land that they will have lost. And like, people think that farmers are getting compensated. Yes, they get the, the market value for their land plus disturbance money, but it's all subject to income or it's subject to capital gains tax. So, like, that's 33% of it gone straight away anyway. And even if they have they have to use it then to either go out and buy land or invest in their own farm to upgrade it to and, and we'll say they're competing with other local farmers, so that just drives up the price of land locally. So it's it's I, I, there's nobody who wishes it through their own land, Joe. You know, that's mm. the reality. And it's the same as it's the same as would you like it to go through your house and say and just say build you another house exactly. I knew you were going road. to say that. I knew I knew in my heart and every <laughs> single time I do an interview like this, someone somewhere in the middle of it goes, But you like it through your house? No, of course I wouldn't. Absolutely. Yeah, well, not. And and it's the same for farming. And like as I said, some farms have been in, in farms for generations, hundreds of years, like you know, so yeah. It's a very emotive issue. Like. And Kira, the other thing is, there does seem to be a softening of political will in the minister's office, Eamon Ryan, around the concept of a motorway. It might end up with something else. No, it's, it's in the National Development Plan, Joe. And furthermore, the, an update was given in the National Development Plan last Friday. And the M20 is very much front and centre of that document. As, um, as a motorway? As a motorway. Correct. So the no. idea of it being something else, you know, an, an improved road with, well, there are rail options, which you talked about, and, yeah, and greenways and other things. You, you think ultimately we are still looking at a motorway route? I do. Um, they have given two other options, Joe, which was just effectively just inc- uh, bypassing Charleville and Butterbent. But that, that doesn't do anything in terms of safety or times. They also speak about uh, putting a, a road from an upgraded road from Blarney to just outside Butterman. But once again, the road between elements of the road between Charleville and Limerick are very, very poor. I think the key feature here is is number one, uh, there shouldn't be any confusion around rail and and the motorway. The rail is is effectively separate from the motorway. For me, the rail is very simple. The route they've put. Uh, and Hannah has made reference, the route they've put going in the existing old line that was there from Charleville by Brewery in along by Croom. That's now, in, that's privately owned okay, in Charleville. Okay, so that, yeah, you explained that. So and, and the second one, Joe, I think the one crisscrossing from Charleville over to Kilone just makes no sense. And, right. and, and, and finally, Joe, I think the one thing that people should be aware is they can make direct contact with the Road Design Office in Limerick. Uh, outside of the fact that farmers should have got notification to date, People should be aware that they can go up on the website, corklimerick.ie. They can email uh, TII at info at corklimerick.ie. And they can phone 0619737330. And TII and Limerick City Council will actually meet them. Okay. So I, th- I think the key thing I want here is that t- enough time is given. Yes. So pe- uh, people, people get their views in between now and uh, the middle of January, as you said, where the extension um, now sits. All right, well, listen, thank you all very much for chatting to us about that. It's a very interesting subject that's going to have a major impact on all of our lives one way or the other. Uh, Fine Gael TD, Kieran O'Donnell, Hannah Quinn Mulligan from the Irish Farmers Journal and Shay Galvin from the Irish Farmers Association. Thank you all. 
Call Limerick today now on 461995.